I was looking to find up here the hymnal I got like you there that second stanza the subject fills the starry plains with wonder joy and love how long has that been since there was wonder amazement joy love awe a sense of reverence when you contemplate God are you that close to him it has been a long time since the church as a body has seen that witnessed that and known that maybe one day but that should not limit you as an individual child of God you should be seeking for that on a daily basis now I want to continue didn't get through Sunday morning and I'll read again from the 139th Psalm but if you would just go ahead and turn to the first chapter of Romans Once you get there, if you would, let us unite our hearts to seek the God and His works that just in a small aspect I want to set before you. Tonight and hopefully this coming Lord's Day. Would you pray with me? Our Father, would you do for us that which you did for those two disciples? You opened their eyes and the breaking of bread when you stopped that evening you opened their understanding and they knew that the risen Christ had walked with them and spoken to them and beginning at Moses and the prophets and the Psalms 
He spoke to them about those things concerning himself. So all scripture should point us to Christ in some aspect. And Father, we gather, continue, continue to look for and plead with you for your visit once again in the local assembly. Till we as a body are made aware that the living God has visited us. Now open our eyes and our understanding thy word. Give hearts to these. And direction and guidance and utterance to the right setting forth of these things. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. David as oft you will find him is caught up in one of those moments where he's able to put it down in print about the value the prized preciousness not of his thoughts of God Though that is necessary, as I told you, that they be right. But he's caught up here, seeing, understanding the mind of God. This is what my God is thinking. He said a little before, such knowledge is too wonderful to me, for me. It's too high. I can't attain unto it. And last Lord's Day, we dealt with the development of our Lord Jesus. Beginning with his birth, it is said that he grew, that is, physically, he grew in wisdom, that is, mentally. He grew in favor with God, that is, socially. He grew, and he, I'm sorry, he grew in favor with man, that's socially. And lastly, he grew in favor with God, that's spiritually. Didn't get to that last point, got down to it, mentioned a thought or two. But that which is necessary, that you can be able to say with David how valuable, how precious are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. 
If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Now that's, that's seeing much of the God that he loved. That's, that's getting on up to an elevation that few have ever attained to. But David had to grow, just like Christ, just like you as a child of God. He had to develop to get to the point where he could hear and hear, head and heart. He could find out, this is how God thinks. This is God's thoughts. So finding God's thoughts is a maturing, developing process that you must go through. When Paul said, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I was a child, I understood as a child. And in that condition, when I, when I spake, I, I spoke as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, Paul's not talking about, and though he might be to one extent, talking about physical maturity. When I was a little boy, I talked like a little boy. But far more than that, he's talking about his growth and development in the Lord Jesus Christ. When I became a man, got away from my boyish thinking and talking, and I grew. Sad thing about professing Christianity in our day is that it acts as if there is no growth. You just decide, you just accept Jesus, you make this decision, and there you 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 have everything in a nutshell, and it's all right if you stay there. Never has been a baby yet born that had any health about him or her that remained an infant. They all grow. So God has set that before us. This is what happens in the natural. They get the proper diet, and they get the right exercise, and they grow. God didn't intend on you finding a place somewhere in your Christian life where you could just settle down. Well, I have now attained, and I, I have sufficiency, so I'll just stay here. Now, in the four areas that I spoke to you about, socially, well, I use the word physiology, Philosophy, psychology, science, but in the thinking of all that, it begins in the mind of man, and they can get no higher than their own mind. Now, scientists might, 
in that they, they have an idea or notion and they might look beyond that which is concocted or thought up in their mind but then they don't begin with God they begin with their own intelligence and use that and they have developed a lot of good things useful things but now we're talking about we're talking about growth beyond far above developing to the point where we can begin to comprehend and understand this is God this is God's thoughts now one thing about God is having known all things from all eternity he cannot have a new thought I mean you can hopefully you do not God but we're talking about you getting to the place where you understand this is God's thinking now I quoted to you Psalm 50 as, as we closed and God said when I kept silent when I quit talking, you all begin to form a God, then here's the God you form, just like you are. They can't get any higher than his thinking. Now Romans 1, 21. Here again, same proof. For there is no vision, that is, God openly speaking, manifesting himself the people perish when God does not talk to you then that's the end of life Romans 1 speaking professing themselves to be wise as high as they got their head, they became fools. Now, if knowledge, if knowledge and man's thinking is the height, then here's the result of that. And they change and change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man. If your thinking never gets beyond human mentality, then the God you fix is going to be like man. That'll be your God. That'll be, that'll be my God. And God, that God, is what I think He is. My mind becomes the height of all my thinking. And the God I serve is the image that I have formed in my own mind. 
You know that presumption is an idea that's taken to be true. You presume. You can't presume about your salvation, the certainty of it. You can't presume that this is how God is. This is how God thinks. But here's where most stop. And they rest in their own thinking. And they say, well, if I think God is such and such a being, then that's who He is to me. No, that's... That's not relevant. That's, that's not significant. That has no eternal value. That has no strength in it for you. God may not be who you think He is. So you've got to get above thinking. My mentality will fix a God. But he's going to be far beneath the God of Scripture. You all know the, the, what, what Martin Luther wrote to Erasmus. Your thoughts of God are too human. You're thinking of God on a human basis. You're thinking of God all your thoughts originate in that little mind of yours. And you can't find out who the true God is. Now we can't get to God's thoughts until, until we get above our own. Another passage, this is one more, if you don't mind, Isaiah 55. Isaiah chapter 55, verse number 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts, my thoughts than your thoughts. The most elevated thought that you can ever have of God. It's just like you standing or crawling down here on earth and looking up into the heavens and seeing the distance between you and the heavens. That's the distance between our thinking and God's thinking. Then how can David say Thy thoughts are precious unto me. For it was, it was the religious teachings and training and the upbringing of the little Jewish children and what ideas were placed in their head as to what God would look like when He came, that is Christ. That's why they missed him. 
They had determined by their own interpretation of the Word of God. This is how he'll look, this is how he will act, and this is how he will respond to all of us, all of we children of God. He's going to look on us favorably, because that's how we look on ourselves. And we have been very obedient and dedicated in searching the scripture to find out about God. We know that this man can't be of God because he healed on the Sabbath. The blind man, the lame man. And according to our understanding of the scripture, we can't break the law of God. And he breaks the law, but the law was, the law of God was, what they had determined God said. That's as far as they could get. And in our day, theology has stopped with its own interpretation of the word of God. It begins with man, it ends with man. I think this, therefore, this is right. The more you grow, the more you find out what your previous thinking was how small oftentimes how errant it was I don't know I probably got five six or seven Bibles just like the one I use I'm using now that when I get it when I get it all marked up and and jot my own little thoughts down beside a verse then I I close it up I always write down with a pencil because I know next year I might have to go back and change what I thought last year. And there's some of my old notes that I hope no one can ever get a hold of. But I find out that it's been that way down through Christianity. The one book that Arthur Pink, and he, he's got a lot of good books out there, but the one book that he regretted ever being printed was his commentary on Genesis. That's because he had grown and developed and he saw the errors that he had put down in print. Don't stop with your own interpretation of Scripture. Don't. Theology begins with man, it ends with man. Instead of, the com- instead of coming to the book to find out what God says about himself or about us, we reach no higher than our own mentality. Or the preachers. 
This is what the preacher said, therefore it's right. Or it's wrong because it doesn't it doesn't coincide with what I think. I don't ask you to believe me. I don't ask you to accept anything I tell you. Other than if you can take what I tell you and go back to the scripture and see if I told you the truth. Don't ever take a man's word for something as valuable as your eternal soul. Make sure that they're telling you the truth. Now listen, children, children, God, even after God saves one, his thinking must never end in himself. So the same man that said, How precious are thy thoughts unto me. In another place, pray to God, Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Psalm 119. But David, think of all that you have written of God, and all you have learned and known of God and found God to be. Why do you still pray for him to open your eyes? Because if God doesn't, I'll come to the book, and right there in my own thinking is where I'll part, part. Now God must create in you a desire and then the ability for Him to relay His thoughts to your heart. Too many are living on the word of another. Now let me give you two examples here from Scripture. The well-known, worldwide-known verse of the Lord Jesus. For God so loved the world that He gave. Or this, from the same penman, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. Both those statements are true beyond the possibility of ever coming to the fullness of what's said there. Or the fullness or the extent of the heart of God as is spoken there. But I've got to know John 3.16 personally. If God loves me, then I'll come to a recognition of that. I'll come to find out in my heart, God loves me. Before everything, you've got to know personally. I've got to know it. I want you to come to know John 3.16 is truth from God, but it's truth from God to me. Well, you know it not because I quoted it. I want you to know it 
even beyond the fact that it is printed in the Bible you hold. I want you to know it personally. But for you to know it, you've got to get close enough, become quiet enough, and sensitive enough within to hear this is God talking to me. You've got to get near God to have Him tell you His thoughts. One of you will betray me, Jesus said there with that last meeting of all twelve disciples. Everybody didn't know who it was. And Peter knew there's one man in this room that's closer to Jesus than any of us. That night physically, yes, but always spiritually. And Peter this word to him. Ask him. Ask him who he's talking about. And then after the resurrection, they went fishing one night, and and there was there was this person over there on the shore, and he and he yells out to them, "Children, do you have any meat?" John. Same disciple that Peter beckoned to ask Jesus. John said, that's the Lord. There was a sensitiveness in the heart of John that he just recognized. That's my Lord that asked that question. the grief of my heart one of the great griefs and if I believed fasting would get the ear of God I'd do it and I'd plead with you to do without so we could seek the face of God but I'm not going to ask you to I don't have the heart to so that leaves me with this. One of the great griefs of my heart is that the church building and the church program and the church's creed and the church's Bible has become an end in themselves. We've got to have a right creed. We've got to have a book that identifies the true God. But that's not sufficient. Our own methods and our own ideas and our own thinking, if it has not, if these have not become God, they've taken His place. We think when we read this book, God's talking to me. We think when we hear preaching, God's talking to me. That might be true, but not necessarily is it right. We come to the book not to perform some religious duty or not to put our own meaning upon 
what it's teaching. You can prove anything you want to from this Bible and be wrong about everything. But we've come to the book to find out God's thoughts. Most folk never get beyond the pages of this book, which has only a killing effect. They never get beyond the church building. Friend, is very condemning of us in me in particular in starting another work you don't have a right the church is all around if he goes to one that was established in the 1860s or 1870s but the thing that he does not realize is God left it a long time ago but because it was established and I'm sure that when it was established there was right teaching probably God in it but it died somewhere doesn't matter that God left it 50 years ago they're satisfied because they go. And if I read my Bible, well, I'm okay. One last, Matthew chapter number 2. Matthew chapter number 2, when the wise men get there and they begin asking about where the Christ child is. Verse number 3, when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes, these are the doctors, these are the learned ones of scripture. When he gathered them, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. There was no hesitation. They knew. They knew the Scriptures. They knew what the Scriptures taught of Christ. They knew where He'd be born. But they didn't know one of them move six inches in the direction of Bethlehem of Judea. That's how much they knew of the book, but it never profited them. The old hymn, 1800s, The dear lady, break thou the bread of life, dear Lord, to me, as thou broke the loaves on the shore of the sea. Now listen, beyond the sacred page I seek the Lord I come to find the God of the Bible the terrible blight which has fallen on our, our country and in the realm of religion is Theology, the study of God, is in itself an end. 
And the professing church has become satisfied because she knows all this about God. Because she's got a form, and she's got a, a ceremony, and she's filled with half-hearted devotedness in the hearers. They already know it. We had a good message. We had, we had good hymns. We had fellowship. And the Lord's not a hundred miles in the place of that, but they got to go. It doesn't matter. They didn't go to see. Will God be there for me? They didn't go to hear. Will God have something to say for me? Folk, we've settled down to a mental understanding of the written word. And most have a hope that reaches no higher than their own interpretation, and they base it on the written Word of God. Now, therein, here, right here in this book, there is good hope if the author of the book makes the promises yours. If the author of the book expresses his heart to you, and it carries you beyond the sacred page to the very living God of the Bible. This book becomes a living book to you. Biblical knowledge tells you there is a God. It tells you about all the... No. It tells you as much about the attributes of God as He would have us know. It tells us about the dealings of God from Adam to John, last one on the Isle of Patmos. It tells us all about that. But it does not have the ability or power to carry you into the presence of God who is identified in this book. I don't, I, it is probably not, this is probably not true today. Matter of fact, I don't think about it, I carry my own. But 20 years ago, and this, this may still be in some motels, hotels, I don't know. 20 years ago, there was a Gideon's Bible in just about every room. There's no telling how many hundreds of people stayed in the, a particular room. And maybe hundreds of them read, picked up the Bible and read from the same passage. But one and only one was affected. And why? Others were just reading a dead letter, and one read the letter, and God spoke to him. Now, God help us that we rise beyond our own imaginations, and our own understanding, and our own interpretation to the living God, and herein find God's thoughts for me. Not what I think about God. What God thinks about me. Not what I think the verse says. What God is saying in the verse. You, you have, you have, 
If you're a child of God, the same Spirit of God as all those old writers had who wrote tremendous books. You've got the same teacher. Now, seek He, the Spirit of God, who inspired the Word, to open it, so that you can be a participant in knowing God's thoughts.